Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host Bobby Howard. With me, we got Jameson Maxwell and we got Ty Lee. And um, folks, just when you think we've run out of content, the idiots in charge of college football just drop us a delightful little off-season nugget that we can go off of, uh, and that is um, basically everyone in charge of college football decided that uh, they don't want to do an expanded playoff, despite the fact that everybody wants it, and it's good for the sport, and um, people would make more money, they, uh, they're not going to do it. Um, they're going to hold off until this current contract expires in 2025. We're going to be talking about this, mainly. Uh, we got a, li- a lot of little uh, OU news nuggets along the way. Little trinkets here and there. It's going to be a quick in-and-out sort of pod. Ooh, but trinkets. Uh, Trinkets, yeah, I, I love it. Um, but yeah, before we dive crumbs? into that, Jameson, crumbs, 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 crumbs. But J- Jameson, but Jameson, how are you doing? How, how are we doing, man? I mean, great in general, obviously. But I mean, let's let's talk about. Uh, no one cares about my life. No, let's talk about the uh, you know the college football playoff because obviously. What that's about Ty's life? How's I was, no, how's, Ty, Ty, Ty? How are Ty, you? Ty, doing? Do we need to hear about your life? No. Okay, exactly. fine. Let's talk about. Please, let's talk about college please. football then. Let, let, you, I, we already we already showed him the little intro we had uh, with the background music feeding the ducks. Let's just die, you're right. Let's dive into it. So, Jameson, what the hell is going on? Why did this fall apart? Uh, money. I mean, that's where everything is because you know. Here's my thing. As an OU fan, obviously, this kind of makes me a little bit more nervous. We've been pumping a lot of sunshine, OU fans. You know, hey, we got some stability. Our coaching staff as a whole is probably better than our old coaching staff. You know, we've gotten Dylan Gabriel and, you know, losing Caleb Williams, but we're on the right path. But this college football playoff thing, you've got to think, was a pretty big sticking point um, in OU wanting to move to the SEC with Texas. Um, because we thought that we were going to get moved to 12 here pretty soon. But having to wait to the possible, if best-case scenario, 2026 season, what is that, three years in the SEC before that happens? You know, I, I need some someone to do some quick maths for me here. That's a little scary, and that's a reality check that I'm getting a little bit nervous about. Yeah, and, yeah, that would be three, assuming they buy out um... – that assuming that buyout happens, uh, it's not, nothing's guaranteed. Technically, this would be at the same time if we go by what uh, everyone in the Big Twelve and the SEC and OU and everyone are saying. Um, but I don't believe them. So, you know, honestly, it, I, I get that. I, I will say, I, I think the biggest thing is it's it's less money because I think a lot of people, a lot of these leagues would make money. It's about pettiness and it's about preventing other people from making money. And in this sense, uh, that's kind of the SEC, because if the SEC can stack the deck, add four teams in, then obviously they would get more money, and people don't like that. Um, so instead, they're going to not take that money and let them take half of the teams in the current four-team system. So it, it doesn't make any sense to me personally. But um, Ty, what's your take on this? Why do you think uh, this is going down? Yeah, so... Um... You, you said everyone sort of, or, or not, I, I know, I know, you know, but uh, just to, to further clarify, it was pretty much just not even pretty much. It was just solely the SEC that, uh, that tanked this deal as far as I'm understanding. 
in terms of really was the the pretty much the only factor why we are not moving to a uh, a 12 team playoff which makes a lot of sense to me for the SEC especially if OU and Texas legitimately aren't going until 2025 because at that point then they have the deck super stacked in terms of they already had the power to sort of throw their will around uh, as much as they wanted in this sort of um, you know decisions on the contract and, and we did see this and the fact that we're, we're remaining at four but uh, I think there's big potential maybe where the SEC is is going to try to continue to piece together chess moves uh, for a really big sort of 2025 date of of a, a super conference that not only is the most competitive because they're already the most competitive uh, in yeah. terms of everything, but in terms of just everything. Um, yeah. Ty, here's the thing that you made me think of. Sorry to cut you off, but like, no. like we're assuming a lot about 2025. You know, a big year that everything lined up. But what's going to stop the rest of the NCAA and the conferences from just doing the same thing again and barring a 12 team playoff in 2025? We just assume that the college football playoff is going to go to 12 teams at that time because that's what the majority of the fans want. And you know, but the problem is the conferences, like you said, Bobby. There's some pettiness here, and there's going to be a big fight against the SEC. We've already kind of seen it with people talking about alliances earlier in the year and, you know, super conferences. Like, stopping power for SEC by only keeping them as a 14 playoff, I don't think should stop when 2025 comes around. So are we going to start to see even more division within the NCAA? Are we going to see a break-off? Like, you know, we've talked about just, like, Sometimes where like you know the NCAA just completely disbands and the SEC kind of starts its own new thing, separate league. Like I would not be surprised if this really pisses off a lot of the people in the SEC. Well, and it's it's interesting. College football is one of the weirdest sports with this because the NCAA really doesn't like the NCAA itself as a governing body is kind of less of a impact. It impacts it less than, uh, I guess, a collection of Power Five commissioners, as well as a group of five. Um, they really are the power brokers in this situation. And they're all kind of idiots, uh, mainly because, it, it, other than Greg Sankey. Greg Sankey is, is really smart with this sort of stuff. Um, obviously, his power move, getting OU in Texas, big move. Uh, his, his effort in developing the SEC network, incredible stuff. Um, but everyone else is just kind of lagging behind on how to figure it out. The alliance has completely failed, uh, especially with the uh, with the Big Ten refusing to drop an extra um, conference game to accommodate, you know, alliance scheduling situations. So really, it's just a pack of people being like, "Screw the SEC," and that's the only thing they do. Um, but yeah, of course, it's going to add division. Of course, it, we, clearly nobody can figure out what's going on. There's no leadership, no direction. No one can agree on anything. And um, basically, you know, when that happens, the strong is going. The strong is going to just eat the weak. Uh, in that case, that's the SEC. And you know, I I would not be stunned if we're moving towards a super league. You know, where we have. You know, some core SEC teams, probably all of them. Somehow Vanderbilt gets in here. It becomes the Burnley of this league. Uh, but um, I, yeah, it, I, I think we're moving towards a situation where the teams and the uh, programs with the most power 
are the ones in control. Um, they already are, but I think uh, I think a lot of middlemen are about to get cut out of here. And um, I, frankly, it, it, it this this move to not move to twelve is just you know accelerating that. If you ask me, yeah, I don't I don't know that the remaining at four necessarily hurts the the SEC at all. I, I don't maybe individual fans of, of smaller schools, but like the current system. We're talking about two teams coming in. You're talking about the SEC in every game, in both playoff games and in the national championship, uh, you know, assuming that both teams win, which is, has kind of been the norm. And uh, I, I don't think, you know, a lot of people make the argument about making sort of the, the championship more competitive. We've kind of talked about it on here, though. Um, I don't know that we've ever seen, and I think college football is moving to an even more stacked upper deck. I think that upper crust is growing from, you know, the traditional two or three teams to, to maybe like a five, six team uh, upper crust. So I, I think in the, in the new era of college football, because of transfers and, and NILs and, and uh, more coaching moves, I think we are going to get a, another blue blood situation where there's a close to, we'll say 10 teams that are sort of relevant. Um, but I think even with a 12 team playoff, the, the top teams, the, you know, the top main teams that, you know, midway through the season, you say those are the ones playing in the championship. That has always been true for college football. Pretty Like we don't get the, the you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, stunting the odds or the Cinderella stories that, well, you can't really make a run in the current playoff system. But I, I, I think the only thing that it does is maybe add more, we go back to the talking point of getting players to care about the games again, but even then I'm not sure because if you're in some lower playoff game, then you might get the situation where we start looking at a temporary game by game opt outs. So say the Heisman winning quarterback for let's say, let's assume that, that Bama is continues to be dominant. I think that's a fair assumption and they get a seed, you know, to they're the number one and they're playing the 12 team and it's some Cinderella story group five team that already has a loss. You're talking about potentially not even seeing, you know, some of the star players unless they have to and and things like that. So I don't know if it, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, you know, something better for the sport. We're we're at such an inflection point right now. And and 2025 is so far down the road. There are so many changes that can occur to all the end, especially with, you know, just constant demand for changes to, to the portals and, and all sorts of other things that are changing the sport right now. If we really do wait till 2025 uh, to talk about or to, to figure out a plan and then 2026 to implement, who knows? No one knows what the sport's going to look like in four years. Well, I mean, yeah, I just think about this time last year, NIL, all of that was not a thing yet. All, all of that just exploded right before the season started that this, this, this sport is changing so quickly. So we never really will know what goes on, you know, what will happen in the next God, who knows how many years. Oh, you in Texas. We didn't even know that this time last year. So it is a crazy, 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 uh, you know, landscape that is always changing, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I think obviously the sec is very fine to stay at four, you know, they, well, I feel like the gap mm. I mean, they they get fifty percent of the playoff in every year. I mean, I'm sure they would also love to have even more teams Not fill up every year, though. You know, like I mean, a lot of the, the years. Georgia, but, I mean, you could 
you could squeeze in three into 12 too. And, you know, we can say like, oh, but that's only, that's the same ratio, one fourth, 25%. You know, we can talk about ratios, but that doesn't work. You know, if there's more teams in, that's two extra teams and two, like two more, you know, teams generating money. Percentages really don't match in terms of, you know, how much money you're getting out of the games. Those teams are already going to, to bowl games. Like it's, it's not like, those games aren't at, like we're not creating new games. Well, your cut is bigger Either. though if you're in the playoff. So if you have two, and each team takes home that much towards their conference, the conference divvies that up. So if you have two, you know, if you have two of them, then you get double the cut. Um, it, that's just kind of how think it is. The SEC is making moves beyond fast money right now. I, I think they're really looking far down because if I remember correctly, off the top of my head. Uh, the Big Ten is actually the conference that pays their teams the most uh, by a fair amount. I, I think a couple million more per school than the SEC. You, you might be able to check me on that, you know. And yeah. then there's some schools that that don't necessarily care, or some conferences that don't necessarily care that much uh, about football performance as a whole. Uh, you know, Pac-12. you have some teams that do. Yeah, the Pack, especially, and I would even argue the ACC to some extent doesn't necessarily. They they like when their teams are good, but they're not. You know, it it is all that the SEC has. Obviously, they have more. They got you know baseball and, and some other stuff, but you know that's, that is their yeah. But that is their football. College football is their sort of thing. That's how all those people make wrong. Their, it's it's game. basketball. ACC is basketball all the way. No, sorry, I said sorry. SEC. I'm talking about the oh, SEC. I was about to say. I was like, oh yeah. my god, ACC no, is I, like I all swapped. basketball. Yeah, I swapped through there. Oh, okay, I, yeah, cool, so cool. I was talking about how the SEC. This is all that they have. They're they're wholly focused on. They're not, you know, the whole idea of like an academic athletic conference is kind of weird to me anyways. It makes sense for like the Ivy League schools, but for the the pack, it just, it's kind of a weird point, especially when you got like Arizona State in there. So I'll say this, you are right. Currently the Big Ten actually distributes uh, more money uh, to its members than the SEC. However, we got to keep in mind that um, ESPN deal, they just signed uh, 300 million, um, just just with ESPN to uh, broadcast like the game, I, I, a package of games, but including the game of the week that you you know you usually see two thirty uh, on CBS, um, and it's about to bump up uh, the annual distribute uh, distribution to sixty eight million dollars a year. That is insanity um, overall. So yeah, they're, 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 the game's about to change, and you know what? One thing I've noticed a lot, and I've seen you know in terms of recruiting and people have mentioned this is like, uh, you know, what games do these kids remember when they, you know, grew up watching college football. And, you know, we, we, we like to think of our, our, ourselves as young and everything, but you know, years have passed since we were in college, but you know, these kids grew up where like, can the Cam Newton national title was like maybe their first game that they had, they could remember. So, in that time, it's basically been Alabama and a bunch of randos att- like potentially winning a na- national title. So, from a recruiting standpoint, the SEC has been in their mind um, just across their board. It, it, it's just it's just a it's it's kind of become a behemoth that um, you know I, I don't I don't know I I think it's it's about to get crazy. So we'll see how it goes. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. 
I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. No, 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 even better. Your 19-year-old point guard from Australia, he just got another triple-double, that type of good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, though, like Oklahoma, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text to TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. I want to ask, do, how much does this expansion, you know, hurt OU? And uh, are you concerned about it? Just kind of quick on it. I, I know, Jameson, you touched on it a little earlier, but um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm just a little bit nervous um, because... It's good to be optimistic, but as a fan, we talk that we have very high standards for ourselves. And it's hard for me to think that, you know, if we only have two slots, that's that's going to be really, really tough to get into the playoffs. Um, there's going to be some seasons that we're going to be really good, but it's going to be a little bit of curve until we start recruiting the guys that Alabama you know, and Georgia I've been getting. Regional, obviously, it's a lot easier for them. Um, but we're going to either have to be shelling out money like Texas A&M or wait a couple years and kind of get scrappy and, you know, up our game in the SEC to show that we're a legitimate SEC team and not this Oklahoma that all the kids think that we are. They're just no defense, all offense. Change our reputation. And then we'll start to see a change in our recruiting habits. And it's just going to take some time, and it just makes me worry that if we don't have 12 teams to fall back on, um, are we going to be sitting, you know, looking from the outside for a lot of these beginning years? I, I mean, I think that's completely fair. Um, in terms of the macro of it all, you know, like um, it, it was going to be hard to – okay, maybe it's not – it's obviously easier to get into a four-team playoff, you know, when you're not having to go through an SEC schedule. Um However, if we're talking about winning a national championship, if we're talking about getting to the end of the, you know, end of the line, Alabama, Georgia, those type of teams, they aren't going anywhere. You know, you had to beat them anyways. So they're just going to have to do it in the regular season as well, um, which is brutal. But, um, you know, that's just kind of how it is. I, 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 I think it'll be obviously a little bit harder, but, you know, it, in the grand scheme of things, they're still going to have to get past them. Ty, what do you what do you think? Do you think this is a, a pretty big yeah. hit to use playoffs? I don't I don't think it really well, is it a hit to our potential of being in the playoff? Yes. I, that's 
I mean, no matter how good we are, that's sort of just a, a mathematical fact. But I, I think it's not – I don't think it's a hit to OU, especially in, in the near term, because I – to look at sort of the, the silver lining, you know, I like the potential of being potentially not cheated out of it. Because I think if we went, you know, undefeated and going up into it, and uh, we would be a pretty much a shoo-in because we, we have the, the brand recognition and stuff. But I think if you're talking about a one, you know, hopefully not two, but a, a one or two loss OU team, which I think is a fair assessment for the next couple of years, a fairly optimistic assessment for next year and the year after, uh, I think it could help us in the long run to, because, you know, you're talking about a 12 team playoff of a one or two loss OU team potentially is still going into the playoffs. So maybe going into the playoff as a, a very poor seed and then losing is going to hurt us more recruiting wise than taking our time to rebuild going to bowl games. And cause I, I do think there is value in winning bowl games against big brand names, who is pretty much all of what we're going to be matched up against in a bowl game uh, like Auburn a couple years ago, Oregon this year, because we compete with those schools on individual players every single year. So I, I, and OU has the, Hey, we're going to the sec, you know, talking point, even if it's 2025, a lot of the guys that our coaches are talking to right now are going to be guys that no matter what that date is, if they stayed at OU their whole playing career would play in the sec and would be, you know, going to the NFL out of the sec and, and having that on their resume. So I think, there is a, a little time frame here where we potentially have the best of both worlds where we can use that talking point of, Hey, we're going to be the sec too. You're going to have all those benefits of that play of that resume, but also sitting back here in the object, objectively easier league of the big 12. And then potentially with a little bit fewer postseason consequences, at least for who knows how long, um, before we, we move. And then I think, you know, if we make the move to the SEC prior to 2025, which the SEC's insistence on not moving to a four team really makes me start to believe in that 2025. But even if we do move prior, um, I still don't think it hurts us that much because I, I've long held the belief, you know, obviously last year was kind of a fluke, but uh, for the most part, you know, you you're going to have to play the same, the same teams either way, like you said, Bobby. So it's whether you play them in the, in the regular season or play them in the, in the postseason, it doesn't necessarily matter. The one benefit of playing them in the regular season is generally who knows in a 12 team, but generally you're not going to have to play them in the first round. So maybe we'd at least get a layup in the first rounds and not a monster team like we've traditionally gotten. So, well, yeah, that's true. And I mean, if you think about it, it would be like, Alabama's still getting in. Georgia's still be getting in. So if you know, you, you still have to go through them again. You know, even if you lose to them in the regular season, you still have to go through them in the playoffs. So maybe just try to play them one you, one of them one time, and then get the other one another time. I I don't know. You know four years I think isn't that bad, and I'll, I'll kind of cut myself short here. But you got to think this is Venables' first year as a head coach. So he's already out on the recruiting trail. He's got his stuff from Clemson, but this is his year where he can really make a resume point. And then he needs this year to even have that resume point to really take to 
you know, good recruits. So there's two years already. And then the guy comes to the school as a freshman and then a sophomore. So four years is about the window of, especially with this, this turnover. And you got to assume that OU, the administration and the, the athletic group um, understands, you know, pretty firmly what the date is, but four years is not a bad date for, for an SEC transition if, if everything goes well and a, an expanded playoff transition. Cause who knows how that's going to change the sport as well, because that's, right at the point where we're fully going to see Brent Venables, you know, he will pan out. I don't even, I'm not even going to worry about jinxing it. That's where we're going to start to see them hit their stride uh, is, is at that four-year mark. So who knows? Yeah. And, you know, if, as we've noticed on the podcast, you know, they're already, they're already kind of positioning towards getting SEC tier athletes to making it an SEC tier program in a way. That term sees grinding, getting everything done on, you know, the athletic, um, you know, fundraising front in terms of building facilities, in terms of pivoting it into a top tier program like in Alabama, like a Ole Miss Miss facilities, that sort of thing, just making it like a premier type of deal. Um, And then, you know, just looking at the type of athletes we're getting, you know, you know, our, our, our D line are recruiting at, you know, hotbed in Florida that we've been, we've been kind of heating up a bit. Um, all of that lends to me thinking that they're trying to get to that position. Um, and you know, um, if, if you just think about it, you know, when Missouri and Texas A&M joined the SEC, um, you know, they didn't exactly have bad years, you know, uh, A&M immediately beat Alabama, Missouri won two SEC East titles. So it's like, all of that with basically Big 12 players. So my thought process really is OU's in a better position recruiting-wise than both of those teams were. They're in a better position, you know, um, in terms of actually winning things than both of those teams were before entering the SEC. So really all you have to do is just kind of, and I'm trying to make, I know it sounds so easy, um, but really all you have to do is just kind of continue that momentum and just, um, you know, I, I, I really don't, I really don't think it's going to be that big of a dip as people think. Um, the only difference is going to be doing it week in, week out, grinding. And in a way, I think that's going to be kind of good for everyone um, because they're going to get up for games every week because they're not going to lag like they would with a Kansas or a Kansas State. You, 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 don't, you, don't, take, you don't take Mondays off against SEC uh, competition. Um, I think that's going to help them long term, uh, even though it will be tougher. Um I, I don't know. I, I think we see less sleepy time, bad loss. So anyways, that's enough about the SEC, enough about the college football playoff. Let's kind of move on to uh, little, little notes and uh, kind of talking on the SEC it's a little still, bit in a weird way. It actually still <laughs> technically is on the SEC. Uh, our good pal Jaden Hazelwood had, a, had an interesting comment, uh, tweeted out, never understood how the OU fans call me soft when I literally joined the hardest call conference in football, laugh, laugh, and the hardest <laughs> and, and, and the toughest side, TBH, hashtag SEC, sorry, not sorry. Who's been ragging on Jaden Hazelwood unless he's been looking, listening to the scooter pod and uh, has heard Ty's takes? That's what I first thought of. I was I t- went after him, too. I mean, a lot of us were. And the thing is, he just didn't pan out. I, I mean, I was worried about him. You know, I said that once you tear your ACL and if you're a possession kind of wide receiver, you know, his lateral quickness already wasn't his strong suit. He tears his ACL. 
he's not going to get much separation to begin with. In college football, a lot of the time, separation is what makes you special. You know, Devontae Smith, he just won the Heisman, you know, like, like that guy gets separation. That's what made him so special as a wide receiver. Um, so it's just going to see him struggle and hopefully being like taking a year coming back that he does well in Arkansas. I'm just not as high on him as a top, you know, wide receiver in the recruiting class and this future first top 10 pick in the NFL as everyone's projecting him to be. Um, I was just worried about that, but I think he was just catching strays. I think he was catching Mario Williams and Caleb Williams strays when he didn't deserve a single bit of it. Because if you come here for Lincoln Riley, you are, you are fine to leave, go somewhere else. I understand the people that are mad about them going to um, USC, Mario Williams being the worst of that. Um, but um, I think Jane Hazel leaving to Arkansas is just fine in my books. I mean, I was fine with it. We all thought he needed a change of scenery. Um, it just wasn't working out. Obviously, a lot of things weren't working out on that offense. Um, but I don't think anyone dissed him too much. I, I, th- I thought a lot of people wished him his ways. He just are kind of focusing on the four uh, OU trolls, or as we call them, gooners. You know, not all OU fans are, go- are, are gooners, but there are a couple OU fans that are gooners. There's not um, a couple. There's a large amount, Bobby. Don't hedge it. There is a plenty amount of gooners. There, out there are plenty of gooners out there, but some of these gooners got a little out, got a little hardcore talking crap. I didn't think he was soft. Obviously, the injuries, you know, hurt him a lot. But you know, for the most part, you know, I I think it was a very okay okay deal and a fine transfer. And I wish I wished him well. I'm okay with it. Ty, what's your what's your take on this? Yeah, I don't think anyone. Cares. I don't, I don't, not this. Almost sounds dismissive, but I don't think anyone cares. Uh, I've never seen, I have not seen anyone, you know, in the media, I haven't seen anyone in the media talking about it at all um, or, or being reported on. And I, I'm sure if you dug, you could find something on, on Twitter or, uh, or something like that. But yeah. I, we all thought he didn't really meet expectations. I don't think anyone in their right mind can argue that. I've never heard someone call him soft. I think I think that's why he's arguing this point because that's the one argument maybe he can make because he's he mm-hmm. certainly couldn't make an argument that you know he didn't perform or people were saying he wasn't good and he was because I don't think there's an argument there you know I, I wish him the best I don't it's I don't understand how he like it's yeah it's the toughest conference but like you're going to, to Arkansas so it's not Arkansas, like right. competitive anyways so. Is he like? Is it just? Is it tougher just to live in Arkansas than it is to live in? Oh like, God! Yeah, the, the is thing it is, like, like an altitude know... thing, like the air's thinner, so it's harder to walk to class. Hey, it, dude, he just more, hates hipsters. He doesn't. There. He just hates hipsters. He, he hates doesn't hipsters, want to hang out so around them. To, yeah. I think the thing is with Jaden Hazelwood, we've seen this. He's a very motivated person that tries to find something to get him going. You know, he is very close with Cam Newton. And sometimes they find things out in the world of the media that just gets them going, even though if it's not founded, even though if there's maybe a a couple of fans who said something to him, he's going to put that chip on his shoulder and let him go to work. That's a great, great thing to have about yourself. You know, if you are on a big stage, obviously there's going to be, even if there's 99% of positivity towards towards you, there's always going to be trolls. There's always going to be negative. And if you can take that negative and create fuel for yourself to get even better, good for him. Well, yeah, and you know, it's 
that's not an uncommon athlete thing. Looking at you, uh, nobody nobody uh, believed in me despite being a five star number one recruit, Bryce right. Young. Uh, that's a thing that ever, everyone does, and you know it. It just feels a little upsetting because it's targeted at OU fans. But you know, I, I think the overwhelming majority, you know, uh, weren't too bad. So who knows? Just don't just don't tweet it, kids. Don't tweet at people who transfer. Uh, just uh, leave them alone. I, I don't, don't tweet it, kids. No, see, I, I disagree. <laughs> just, just real quick before we cut, or I've at least got to go. But uh, yeah, is it? Don't feel bad. You say whatever you want. To. These people make tens of thousands of dollars in some cases absurdly more to just play recess games. Yeah. No, go, <laughs> go say whatever you want to them. Like it's absurd. There should not be a job. So. Okay. Okay. There you go. Oh, Gooner tie reporting. Uh, I don't know. How's yeah. that a Gooner take? People starving. <laughs> Tweet whatever you want at the kids. And, and this guy's <laughs> job is to, really hype people up about how well he can catch a ball and then underperform. He's just got great hands. He's like the, yeah. He's got good hands. He just, it's, it's uh, the route running and uh, everything else. It's just been a bit of, uh, of a bummer. Right. But you know what? This is, I think. Noted anti-football podcast. Yeah. <laughs> anti-football podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, y'all, I, I think, I think we covered just about everything. Uh, obvious. I mean, there was some like USFL news that didn't really, it's whatever, nope. preseason. Emmanuel Beal really and Jeff Bidet are going to get put in every single football league and never do anything about it. Uh, mainly because all of these football leagues are dumb. This one's particularly dumb because every team is playing in the exact same place despite having names. Who knows? I don't get it. But I think I, we, we, need cap- to do, we need to do a USFL one because I, I do have a sneaky conspiracy theory that it's a minor hedge by the NFL that potentially the NCAA could collapse and there could be like a G League alternative <laughs> if, to developing players. If you think I can talk for more than two minutes about the USFL, you are strongly mistaken. I'll talk about Jeff Bidette's, you know, <laughs> speed and how it's only compatible on a 40-yard dash. Uh, I, I, that's about That's all I got. We got, we got Jeff Fisher as head coach of the Michigan whatevers. I, uh, <laughs> I think Panthers. I don't know. I mean, it, either way, it, it's a mess. I, spring football is probably not going to work. I, I've been disheartened after my beloved Dallas Renegades died. Uh, that was more of a COVID thing, though. So, tell but me, still, they picked a just... team named Panthers whenever there's already a hockey and NFL team named Panthers. Like they I, couldn't have thought of anything else. They revived it from the old uh, USFL. Okay. Well, yeah, I didn't know that. So. Still sad. Anyway, well, we'll. we'll we might cover it. Yeah, you know, there's more, th- just so we have more things to talk about. So, uh, <laughs> anyways. All right, Jameson Ty, I know we got to go. Uh, but uh, thank you all for uh, coming by and talking a little bit of, uh, I guess, kind of football. It's more poli- like football politics than anything. But, oh, um, Bobby, you've done it again. I, I mean, not in the standard sense. Okay. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Let's talk about it gets Abby bad. Broyles. Oh no no oh, no 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 you now you've talked about politics. So. That's that's probably the first time we've actually mentioned me. uh, I, I was I just re- I was just saying stuff that I've been seeing on Facebook. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, please uh subscribe if you like this. 
this is a bad time to, pl- to plead for you to subscribe, but whatever. Uh, if you're listening on what, hey, and if you like listening on the audio version, make sure to um, you know subscribe wherever you get your podcasts: Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. We got it all. Um, and yeah, we will be rolling through this whole college football se- off season. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Cut us off. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're out of here. Have a good night. Have a good week. We will see you uh, next time to talk about uh, something. Yeah. Have a good night. Y'all are so excited. Oh, geez. Good night. Boomer Suter.